Well, hello, everybody. Uh, just did some research, and uh, since it's still kind of Halloween-ish or whatever, um, I decided to do my top five um, horror movies. So, get ready. <laughs> so, the first one I picked is actually um, a earlier horror movie uh, from the 1930s. Uh, you may have heard of it. Um, it's called Freaks. So Freaks, for better or worse, actually still remains one of the only U.S. features to have a predominantly disabled cast. Todd Browning had grown up uh, around, you know, circus freaks, the circus, and really wanted to tell their story and their struggle. So Freaks tells the story of the circus uh of, you know, the circus troupe and what happens when they discover that one of the little person, Hans, is being poisoned by and duped uh, by Cleopatra, the, you know, able-bodied uh, trapeze artist. Um, Freaks is uh, basically the story of just a close-knit family, you know, a group of outcasts who just generally love and support each other and don't want to see one of their own being taken advantage of. Um, test screenings were actually rumored to have audiences fleeing the theater um, because they were so disgusted about seeing actual freaks on, you know, a movie screen. Uh, one woman actually threatened to sue MGM because the sight of the disabled actors on screen, she said, had caused her to have a miscarriage. Now, this was never confirmed or denied, but it kind of makes for a great rumor and a great story of, you know, this this movie was just so horrible and the sight of these actors, you know, caused this woman to unfortunately have a miscarriage. So you don't know if that's actually real or was it just, you know, something that MGM may have made up to try to get audiences to come out and watch this. Um, but, you know, reviews were very negative and it effectively ended Todd Browning's career as a director. It pretty much ruined him. Um, and that kind of sucks, but it, the movie, when you watch it, you kind of feel for these characters because they, if you think about it back in the thirties, there was not a lot of disabled, you know, people with one arms or conjoined twins or short or whatever, they weren't on screen a lot. I mean, unless you count Wizard of Oz, but actually Freaks came out before that. Um, so it was very jarring to see that. I could see that, you know, or I could understand that for people back in, you know, 1932, um, seeing something like that. But it also gives you a great story of how these people are just normal. They may have a disability. They may look different. Um, they may see things differently you know, than you, but they are still people who want to be loved, want to be treated with respect. And it's very interesting to see how these people come together because someone is trying to dupe them. And it's a, you know, a tall person is what they call them, um, that is trying to take advantage because she thinks that because of her beauty and her grace and, you know, she's just so wonderful. And what they do to her at the end, the last, I will say the last 15 minutes of this film, well worth, well worth it. It, I mean, the side of it still kind of freaks me out, um, when, when they take their revenge. Um, so the next film I'm going to talk about 
it's my number two pick. It is Hellraiser. Um, so basically the plot of Hellraiser is a character named Frank Cotton uh, is in Morocco. He buys a puzzle box. And when he actually solves the puzzle, uh, hooks and hooks emerge and chains and basically they just tear his soul apart. Hence that phrase will tear your soul apart. That was the tagline of the movie. Um, so the room fills with just, you know, swinging chains and it's covered in just body parts of Frank. Um, and the next thing you see is just a black robed figure is picking up the box and returns it to the state of restoring the room back to normal. Um, but after, you know, sometimes after this happens, Frank's brother Larry actually moves in to the house and um, is trying to rebuild not only the house, but rebuild his relationship with his second wife, Julia, who actually had an affair with Frank. Um, Larry's, you know, teenage daughter, Christy, has chosen not to live with him, but moves into her own apartment or own house. And during this time when she is moving out, Larry actually cuts his hand and the blood drips into the ad addict floor, thus resurrecting Frank, who is found by Julia and she is still obsessed with him and agrees to bring people back for him to feed off of. Um, it's a very disturbing movie. It's actually based off um, Clive Barker's uh, books. Um, and I'm just going to tell you, Clive Barker's a freak. I love him to death. His art is amazing. But when you see the centipedes and just everything, it's it's very sadomasochist. And it's very uh, in your face. And it's, it, I mean, I remember watching it as an, I think I was, God, like nine years old, maybe nine or ten, and just going, oh my God, like this is the most horrible thing I've ever seen, but I can't take my eyes off of it. <laughs> it was so awesome. Um, so next... We're going to move on to my third pick called Candyman. I'm sure everybody has seen the new stupid version. I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of remakes. But uh, so the film actually came um, into fruition after a chance meeting between the director, Bernard Rose, and Clive Barker. He actually gave permission for her to direct this movie. And if you actually read the book... It's not so far off from the, you know, the movie. But, you know, obviously Candyman, it follows the story of Helen Lyle and her research partner. And they're researching uh, basically, you know, urban legends and trying to, you know, they're doing their, th their thesis. Um, what I really liked about this movie is that it it talked about, you know, the life in the quote unquote the ghetto and the fact that these people uh basically they thought that they had made up a character to attribute what has gone on in their own horrible lives they made up a mythical you know creature but candyman was actually very real he was a real person that did live and you know he did fall in love with a white you know woman and this was back in the 1800s and they smeared, you know, uh, honey all over him. And basically that's, he, he got eaten alive pretty much. But the story, it's almost, uh, Clive Barker does this in a lot of his films. He will incorporate a type of romance in his, in his films. And I think he did that very beautifully or beautiful. I don't know how you say it. I think he did that very, uh, well with Candyman. He showed, 
you know, the boogeyman can be real, but he does have a sensitive side. And because he did, he was in love with this woman and, you know, that ultimately led to his death. And now he's taken revenge on, you know, whoever decides to basically not keep his name out your mouth. <laughs> That's kind of always what I got from it. But I mean, the story itself is just, it's very, very interesting. I mean, I remember seeing this in the theater with my sister and my grandma. And yes, it definitely terrified me because Tony Todd's voice, I have met him in person. He is a very nice person. But his voice is just, it's very iconic. You're, it's, it's like Vincent Price's voice. You're, you're gonna know that voice as soon as you hear it. Um, so that is my pick for, you know, the number four, or I'm sorry, the number three spot. Um, but now I will be moving on to number four. We are going to, uh, discuss 13 game of death. Now this is a tie. Uh, horror film. Um, it actually it was called in Thai 13 Beloved. Um, it's basically a story about a man who is led through progressively challenging, just degrading, dangerous uh, stunts by a mystery caller from an underground reality show. Um, it was actually adapted from um, the 13th quiz show episode in the My Mania comic book series. I know a lot of people may not be familiar with that. Um, but basically, it's just about um, our, you know, our hero, uh, struggling salesman. He, he just, you know, he arrives. At, like, he's just basically struggling. His girlfriend was a pop star, dumped him. He's living alone in a small apartment. He finds his car being repossessed. We've all been in this, like, you know basically this is like the the bottom um and then he finally arrives at work one day and his boss he basically is forced to resign because he cannot sell um so he actually gets a call and it says he has a chance to win ten thousand dollars now keep in mind this is in thailand that's a lot of money um, he's thinking it's, you know, kind of a joke, but the caller tells him his name, the employment status, the details, stays on the line, and all he has to do is swat a fly, which is buzzing around him at that moment. Um, the caller even says, you know, to him, there's a newspaper nearby, grab it, swat the fly. As soon as he actually does that, he receives a message that $10,000 had been transferred to his bank account. Now, who wouldn't do this? But as the game goes on, it gets progressive, like the tasks get progressively um, worse. So I'll go through the 13 tasks. So the first one was to kill the fly. Second one, swallow the fly. Third, make three children cry. I do that on a daily basis probably at work. <laughs> Four, beat up a beggar and take his money. That, it's, it's I could see it, but it's it's getting a little... It's like getting a little, uh, yeah. Um, five was eat a plate of feces served to him at a Chinese restaurant. That one always freaked me out because it was just, ugh. I mean, you know what it is and just, ugh. Uh, the sixth task was give, uh, give a mobile phone to a mentally unstable man at a bus stop and then take another mobile phone from a gang of youth on number six. This where it kind of got a little weird 
you have to delve into the story and it'll make sense once you watch the whole uh, thing. Seven, retrieve man's corpse from a well. Eight, beat up ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend with a chair. That one, I could see myself doing. <laughs> Nine, find an old woman in the hospital and escort her from the building while evading the police. Ten, stirring up a wire clothesline across the highway, which decapitates several motorcyclists. That was super fucking hard to watch. Um, not only because the whoever did the um, the makeup and the special effects, very effective. Eleven, killed Tong and her dog, which is his basically his sister um, or his grandmother and or her dog. 12, slaughter a cow and find the keys in the intestines. This is where I think maybe Saul may have got that idea for Amanda to take out the key from the intestines. From the, uh, yeah. And the last but not least was kill John Adams. It was a hooded man that was in the wheelchair that we see in basically kind of in and around the whole movie. Um, so yeah, like I said, like the task get, you know, kind of harder and harder and it questions what would you do? Because every time you do this, you are getting money and you are in a financial desperate state. It's a very good movie, very entertaining to watch. I suggest, uh, watching it worth the watch. So my last pick. Now, most people are not going to consider this a horror movie, but it has a special place in my heart. It is The Lost Boys. Now, this movie has always had a special special place in my heart because my family, every year, uh, we would go up to Santa Cruz for vacation. And, uh, of course, I was a huge fan of the Corys, was in love with Corey Haim. Um, but everybody knows the story. If you don't, get out of your fucking rock and <laughs> go watch this movie. Um, I just like it because there's just so much entertainment in it. Not only, like, you get a great vampire story it's told from the perspective of a teenager which at that point it had never been done before it was always the older you know sophisticated dracula type of type of guy it was never teenagers just basically killing people and ruling you know santa clara even though everybody knew it was santa cruz but i mean it, it's it's to me it's always going to be a classic it's always going to be a classic um it it Every time I watch it, it just it brings me back to being a kid again and watching it at the movie theaters. Um, basically, the story is, you know, two brothers and the mom go to live uh, with the mom's grand, uh, dad because uh, they she had just gotten a divorce. And Michael is trying to fit in, trying to find his way. You know, he's the 17. You know, I'm brooding and I just I hate everything. Um and they come to Santa Clara and they find out, like he finally finds, you know, he finds a beautiful girl and then, you know, can't compete with Keith Sutherland with a mullet and a trench coat. Come on now. Um, but he finds, you know, these guys that he thinks he connects with and it turns out they are vampires. They turn him into a vampire. They basically trick him into becoming a vampire. Uh, basically, it's peer pressure because he's like, be one of us, Michael, drink it. Drink the Jesus juice. <laughs> um, but it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a classic. But you also have his little brother Sam that's very into comic books, 
knows about the vampire thing and then meets these two brothers, the frog brothers, and they tell him, you know, kind of warn him that Santa Clara is not what you think it is. And, you know, they eventually become buddy buddies. It's it's just, uh, if you haven't seen The Lost Boys and don't know what I'm talking about, I don't think I could be your friend. Um, But ladies and gentlemen, that is my top five horror movies. Uh, For me, I'm not saying that those are the best ever, but for me... I can watch those ones over and over and over again. So I suggest you watch, if you haven't watched any of them, at least just watch one of them. Come on, what do you got to lose, people? Till next time.